How We Got to Now by Steven Johnson. What a great book that was. I'm Jack Blitz, joined by... Lawson Byers. And Sebastian Calvo. Today we're going to be talking about our experience with How We Got to Now. Let's start on the chapter of glass. Definitely. I did not realize the intricate history of glass. It was originally created in the deserts near Egypt. It was first found from the meteor, right? Right. So what is believed to happen was a meteor hit the earth and it was so hot that it melted the sand down and created glass. But this glass was not like the glass that we know now. It was very blurry and misshapen. Misshapen. This glass however, does show up over years and years in art and history. So, originally this glass, this piece of glass was given and passed around through monarchies, but where it mainly ended up and is noticed from is the king or queen of Cleopatra. Oh yeah, and the necklace was shaped like a beetle. Yeah. And then it got passed around and ended up in Italy, and yeah. then that Sort of a whole new influence of glass making and glass blowing and more art forms. Now, glass blowing has been around for years, but about 800 years after Cleopatra had the beetle, it became a major art in European civilizations. Oh, yeah, how glass blowing was really popular in Venice and other European countries. I remember that in Venice, since all the cities were kind of made out of wood, what happened was they started to like endanger the public and start burn down the buildings. And they exiled them to an island called Murano off the coast of Italy. And um, you know, they did that to kind of preserve the art form and to also protect the people. But I remember Angelo Barovia, I'm pretty sure that's how you spell his name, he mixed seaweed ash into with the glass while it was still in the molten form. Right, when, yeah. it, when it cooled, it was clearer. So then they also wanted to protect that, and they wanted to kind of keep that secret safe, so then, you know. That's yeah. where you could only buy it. And also like to bring in more money. Yeah, definitely. Right, that was a big part of Italy's economy, was um, the art that came from Venice. Yeah, definitely. Right. Another thing about Murano is how it was kind of like the first major collaboration between glass makers to kind of right, help Right, right, right. Like a think tank. Yes, yeah, absolutely. That, and that was really utilized in Edison's creation of the light bulb. And that's a great segue to our next topic. Definitely. The chapter of light. That was probably my favorite chapter. I... Yeah, and I think we should go back to the invention of artificial light. Yeah, so let's talk about the first type of light that was made when they burned the animal fat. And it was really messy and nasty. And how that's kind of evolved up to where we are now with artificial lights hanging above our heads right. without any smell. The animal fat, while it did produce light, it had a god-awful odor Yikes. and a terrible, terrible smoke or tar-like thing that yeah, came... sta yeah, stayed around the room, right? Right, right. And let's talk about how whales made a big evolution to the light industry and how they almost went extinct. Right, so what happened was they they had animal fat, right? But off the coast of Nantucket, when the colonies were still a thing, they would go out and hunt whales 
And they eventually discovered that in the top of the whale's head, there was an abundance of fluid. Of about 500,000 mil- 500, gallons, I think it was. 500. 500 gallons. 500 gallons of this fluid called spermaceti. So spermaceti is actually a very interesting substance. When it is dry, it is very good at creating artificial light. And it can be up to 10 times brighter than the old modern solution of burning animal fat. Which was also nasty, right? Very nasty. It had a very bad smell, very potent, and the smoke was very thick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thick, just, kind, of, just kind of nasty in just general. Just fogging up your house type of thing. So, with that development, the whales were very valuable when hunting, and the meat was actually less valuable than the spermaceti. George Washington once said that he spent Fifteen thousand dollars, in insane one year. amount of time as well. Right, in one year just to light up his house. Are we going to talk about also how the kid, the the companies that harvested uh, yeah. the spermaceti, they oh. made a cl- kid climb inside of the skull of the whale and get bucket loads yeah. out of the whale. They like drill a hole into the whale's head and right make some crawling. Which that that is just crazy to me. I don't know how they. Yeah, because you think of modern day, that would never Usually, be. Usually, it was like a 14-year-old kid, and the whale had been sitting for a couple of days to let the skin kind of decompose. Yeah. Another thing, should we move on to another chapter, maybe clean from there, talking oh, sure. about how nasty this is, kind of moving into that. Right, that's great. Great segue. Yeah, so. What time is it? Chicago was really nasty. Like, very. Their original solution to sewer waste. And the feces on the street. Right. It was to let pigs eat it. Remember, it was really flat as well because of the iceberg right. a million years ago that sat on so top of it and flooded. Was any land. like flooding, natural flooding? So, with Chicago being extremely flat, there wasn't much place for the sewers to go. Yeah. And also, remember, there was a lake below it. Like There was, kinda. a yeah. And that's where they got their water from, which actually ended up being a problem in the future. Which was also their sewer system, which is right. nasty. I mean, I've heard stories, this is this is later on, so we can get to this in a minute, but how people would turn on their faucets and, you know, coming out of the faucet would be fish and nasty sewer water that they'd um, bathe in and then re-put back into and maybe get the same water later on. Right. It was a disgusting system that just never really worked out. So Ellis Cheesebro was a very smart man. He developed the modern sewer systems that we have today. They were extremely intricate and what he amazingly did was he input them into Chicago, an existing city, mind you. He raised the entire city about six feet. Let's say that again. He raised the city with jack screws, the same things that are used to lift train cars. He lifted a whole city block, all houses with guests inside included, and it was an amazing sight. There are photographs and, and illus- drawings yeah, of this am- feat of engineering. It was amazing, and what ended up happening is he'd lift the city and then install sewer pipes below. Right. But they'd only just drain out into the water that they were drinking. So 
you know, fast forward a, a couple of decades, and Chicago was still kind of having a, a problem. They were having they were having water filtration systems, but they just were not up to the level that they needed to be. Yeah, kind of like what I was saying earlier about the nasty. Exactly. So they were better than that, mm-hmm. but they weren't. They still weren't great. And what this man, I'm blanking on his name, but what this man did was he invented chlorine, which kills all the nasty cells. And he did, the way he invented it was Mm -hmm. he started slowly mixing it into the water systems inside the city until, you know, they started to kind of notice a difference. And then he went to court, remember? Yeah, because uh-huh. at first they didn't like the idea of him doing this. Well, he did it behind their back. Yeah. Yeah. He, did, he did not ask for permission because he knew that with the bureaucracy and just the unsafeness of a brand new product, that just would never work. It would never get approved. But he did it behind their backs and it worked well. And one of the major questions he was asked in court was, would you give this to your wife and daughter? And he said, yes, with my full heart, I believe that it is the cleanest water that they can possibly drink. Absolutely. And so then it was implemented officially into their city system. And it was put throughout the nation and eventually spread to Europe where it was taken with open arms. Yes. Do you remember, um, I forgot, I'm spacing out his name as well, but he... um, he made the cholera chart in, in the city that there was a cholera going around. Everyone thought it was oh, from cholera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone thought it was from the air, so everyone was inside. But one man defied the possibilities and ended up walking out and surveying. And he surveyed the amount of people that were getting sick in the household. And he realized that at the brewery, nobody was getting sick, and everybody was getting sick around that one water spigot. Right. So then he figured out that it was eventually from water instead of from there. Right. Then that's really, that was so, that, yeah, that was an intricate part of the water cleaning puzzle, if you will. But really the main reason the brewery was, the people who were working at the brewery were not getting sick was actually because in order for beer, water has to be boiled and it has to be distilled. Which kills off the cholera bacteria. Fermented as well, which plays a big role. So, they they were drinking clean water. And eventually, with that theory, this man was in his time considered insane. But, he was proven right with the invention of modern science. So, I think we should leave it off right there for this podcast episode, but um, I want to say one thing. Thank you to our sponsor, Old Spice, for supporting us through this uh, podcast journey that we've been having for the past couple decades. And uh, I myself use Old Spice, and it is amazing. I love the Fiji. What do you use? I use Bear Glove. Oh, yeah. Personally, I think the, the nice timber. Timber. Do you use timber wolf or timber? Timber. Oh, Just timber. timber. As you can see, they have many different... Smells and odors and styles. Shampoo for as well. Use. I use that. I use their shampoo body wash, and since they give us about a million dollars a year, we're, we're able swagging. to produce this episode. So thank you guys so much for tuning in as well. I'm Jack Blitch. 
I'm Sebastian Calvo. And I'm Lawson Byers. And peace, y'all.